0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Spider Scoop podcast. A um, couple quick announcements before I uh, get us into the episode. Um, number one, uh, on Saturday, obviously uh, Aiden Noyes committed to the University of Richmond. Um, we recorded this episode last Wednesday, so a few, obviously a few days before that. So unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk about him. So we'll talk about his commitment um, in the following episode. Also, exciting new announcement. Um, I'm not sure if by the time this uploads, this will have happened yet. But either for this episode or on the next episode, we have officially partnered with Believe Podcast Network. Um, Our friends over there are going to help us uh, get this show out on all platforms for you guys so instead of just Apple Podcasts and ESPN Richmond you're going to get it in those two places and it should be available on Spotify uh, Google pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast. so we're trying to make it more accessible for you guys um, still with ESPN Richmond this is still a, a ESPN Richmond podcast now in collaboration um, with Believe so thanks to those guys over there Josh, Alex, Braun appreciate all you guys and, and everything you do um and really excited for for this next chapter in the Spider Scoop podcast. So with all that being said, let's get into it. All right. Welcome back after a little bit of a layoff back to the Spider Scoop Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg with ESPN Richmond, joined by my co-host. He's a struggling Charlotte Hornets fan, but most importantly, he writes about the spiders for A10 Talk, and that's Austin Daisy. Austin, what is going on, my man? How have you been? You are clean-shaven and short-haired and no hat, so I'm, like, kind of thrown off right now.
2: Yeah, lots changed, man. Uh, no, today was actually picture day at school, so, you know, I had yeah. to look. Had to look presentable, you know. Even mm, though very graduated dapper. Graduated from school, you know, still still got to look good on picture day. What was the fit? You got to have a good fit for picture day. Uh, just rocked a school polo. That was it. Nothing mm-hmm. special. Nothing crazy.
1: Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid, man. I like it. Absolutely. So, obviously, a lot has happened since the time we last recorded. Um, you know, a lot of things have shored up in terms of general college basketball. I think last time we still weren't. I don't believe last time that they had said November twenty-fifth was the official I don't start. Think so. No, so I don't think I, so. I don't think we had an official start day yet. So we've got that. We know a little bit more what the season's gonna look like. We know some of the some of the games they have shored up. We're still waiting to hear about some of the conference stuff, but I think most importantly, you know what we have to start off with is this week's breaking news about about
2: Nick Shirad. Yeah, man, I, I just told you off air, I thought it was one of those things on Twitter where somebody, you know, changed their, changes their profile picture, changes their account to look like the team account, saw that, clicked the article, and I mean, I was, me and you were texting back and forth, and we were just like, what in the world? Like, it just yeah. came out of nowhere, and absolutely terrible to hear. Yeah,
1: and the fact that just like, like five, it was Thursday <laughs> to Monday, he injured it Thursday, we found it, and, and got the official results Monday, and that was the press release that just silent like no one heard anything and, and like you said you know you hear it and you know no reporters got it no one's like leaking it anywhere like none of the guys are tweeting anything out just getting this I was sitting on Twitter at like 502 and this thing comes out from spider basketball account it's like you said it, it looked like a parody account I mean it was beyond beyond belief for a guy like that to who's gone through an injury like that before who not only went through an injury like that then came back so strongly. I mean, he had, what do I think he had 27 in his first game back against St. Francis. Um, but I mean, it's just devastating when you look at, you know, and, and for him, a guy where there was the silver lining in the last injury of, okay, but at least this means I'm going to get two years with the squad and all of a sudden 2020, 21 could be this juggernaut class. Now we're kind of just back to, I don't want to say back, we're not back to square one, but you know, it's, it, it's just the circumstances suck.
2: Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I was thinking, too, like, he had zero closure with anything in his basketball career. Because, obviously, we know what happened in March. The season just dropped dead, canceled. And then he he at least had that, okay, well, got Mm -hmm. this. I got one more year with these guys. We got a lot to do. See what we can do. And then Mm -hmm. this happens. So, I I feel terrible in the fact that his basketball career ended in a game that he had zero idea was going to be his last game. So, that's what – I think that's what the most hard hitting thing is, and he's such a good guy too, and you hate to see this happen to him. Yeah, seriously. I mean, talk talk about a class
1: act. I mean, you know, we mm-hmm. saw what he did after the Dayton game, standing up and and speaking out. The articles he's written on on social justice and and just as a human being. I mean, just a thoughtful guy. You know, he's always nice to any you know, it's a reporter, a fan. He meets so so we feel awful for for Nick, but um, you know, we do need to get to you know what difference this makes because this obviously mm-hmm. completely changes doesn't completely change the team but it certainly shakes up their all starting all senior starting five um you know presumably it's everyone's pretty sure that Tyler Burden is is that next man who slides in um so I think you know they'll uh, I'm sure they'll probably list Nate at the four Tyler at the three you know those guys are going to move Tyler can can play either of those positions fine um how do you how do you feel about about Tyler sliding into that starting role this year I think you and I both agreed he was due for that jump that he was going to make. Um, but but now there's a little bit added pressure. We were expecting a jump, but he was still that rotation guy. You know, what are your expectations for him now? Can he live up to the
2: challenge? How do you see this playing out? Um, you know, just seeing what kind of kid he is and um, having him on the pod, talking to him. He seems like somebody who, next man up mentality, he's going to be ready to roll. Um, looking last year, you started one game, you know, as a freshman on a pretty good team. I mean, one start, sure, it's not a big number, but it was a big deal to start on that team last year and me personally I feel like yeah it adds some pressure to it it adds some more pressure to him as an athlete but we've seen what he can do and Mm. he's beyond explosive we've talked about how athletic he is and even to I talk to people at work we'll randomly talk about Richmond basketball you know they're not they're not huge into it but they Mm. watch college basketball enough to know and they're like man that Tyler Burton kid he's gonna be special he's Mm athletic and that's something that people are catching um eye of even people that don't follow the program as closely as um you or i do
1: yeah See, so, yeah, I, I agree i think I, I have full confidence i think he's gonna live up to it you know he's a mature a confident guy you know we saw it both both mentally and also just as a basketball player um so i, I don't worry about you know him getting some kind of yips or jitters just being thrust on that role but I, but I do think it, it adds some pressure in terms of, you know, certain improvements he needs to make. I think, for, I think most urgently is he has to clean, clean the defense up. We know that, you know, he's leads or is in the top two in defensive rating on this team. He's a dominant physical force down the post that they don't have a, as a shot blocker and just as a presence down there with this length. But with that and, and a similar struggle that Sal has as well, you know, Tyler was, you know, per 40 last year was over five. He's around five and a half fouls per 40 minutes. So, you know, he's not going to play 40 minutes, but, you know, you don't want him. You don't want him picking up three fouls in a first half. So he, he needs to clean that up if he's going to stay in the game. Luckily, you know, as we've talked about, this is a much deeper team. So you, you can afford for him to get in foul trouble more than other years. The other thing I think, though, so we mentioned the fouls. He re- we saw Tyler start hitting threes last year, especially in conference play you know, he had, especially like George Mason. I think that was a game where people were really like, okay, okay. I could see this guy like being a, being a floor spacer. So, so I think for him, you know, there's a little added pressure of, you know, Nick was, I think he led the a 10 right. in in three point percentage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no one's going to ask Tyler to do that, but you know, you just want Tyler to be able to sit in the corner, knock down a wide open three. And, and I think he'll be able to do, do more than that. But, so I, I think he definitely needs to improve or at least be consistent um, as a three point shooter.
2: Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, we saw him knock him down, um, and again, I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, you know, with a mm-hmm. much different preseason than normal. Um, mm-hmm. So, Spider fans, don't freak out if a couple games in he looks a little shaky. Look, you mm-hmm. got to look at it, man. He he was not expecting to start this year, and then, mm-hmm. like we said, out of the blink of an eye, all right, you're starting. You're mm-hmm. we got to see what you got. So, I think it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, especially like you said on defense and just controlling the fouls, but. How mm-hmm. do you personally think I, I'm a hundred percent confident in his ability to step up and fill this role? No problem.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Like there are concerns, but I, I, I feel pretty, pretty comfortable. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, Tyler's going to fill those minutes, but what, let me see how many minutes did Nick, Nick was playing. Nick played. Okay. So he played in 29 and a half, played 30 minutes last year Game. So I, I could see Tyler getting 30 minutes, maybe he gets 26, 27. He's going to be playing a lot, but that there's going to be open space now on the bench. This is a deeper team. You know, Connor Crabtree's coming in. Obviously, you have guys like Gustafson and Matt and Sal coming back. And then, of course, we have the freshmen. It seemed like trending – the way the trends were going before was that, despite how uber-talented this freshman class was relative to some of the past ones – that those guys had to earn spots because this team was just too deep. It was too experienced that even a guy like Isaiah Wilson is probably a year out from real time. Do you now see that changing with this injury to Nick?
2: Uh, It's definitely a possibility. Um, Again, we've talked earlier, um, especially after the season ended how we were kind of questioning how the rotation was going to work. And Mm. this now kind of doesn't give the coaching staff as much leeway. Now Mm. we don't have a choice. It, it, It has to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like I agree, this is a good freshman class, but mm-hmm. coming into a, what's going to be a strong A-10, um, conference, it might take a little bit for these guys to get used to this, um, competition, but no, with who we have coming in with Burton, with the year of experience under his belt. Now I have zero worries mm-hmm. with the freshmen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a great coaching staff. I have all the faith in the world in them and mm-hmm. this team is going to be good
1: yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, I, I think in terms of the freshman wise, I think what you know, I don't think it's really it really changes that much. I think just that the bench is already so deep and like, like we mentioned Goose, Sal, Matt, Connor. I, I think you just see those guys absorb um, um, some more of those minutes. Um, you know, I think a guy like Connor, I think, is really starting to solidify his role. He's still not cleared for full participation in practice. He's still limited. Um, it's, it sounds like he's going to be cleared in the next week or so, probably. Um, he actually may have been, um, but, but if he's not now, it should be within the next week. Um, so, so that's a guy that's almost fully back or full back. Um, I, I guess he's going to see like 15 minutes. I, th- I do think they're going to rely on him because especially now with a guy like Nick Hurt, you know, and, and Tyler's a younger guy, you know, I, I know that Connor hasn't played with this team yet, but he was with the team for a whole year obviously has already played a season of college basketball at Tulane and he's a really good shooter. So if you see Tyler go out there and there's a game where, you know, some of the other guys are getting cold, Tyler's not knocking down threes. You know, I, I I think Connor's going to have a really solid role, which again, I think is going to make it tough for the freshman to slide in there. Um, But we'll see. It's, you know, it's a long season, even though this one's shortened, you know, things can change. Um, Well, I think that one of the interesting factors we have to look at, we talked, I don't want to harp on the three point shooting too much, but you know, a lineup with Tyler, Nate and Grant changes the dynamic of your offense significantly. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause when you have Nick there, you know, I, I love my Celtics analogies. That's a very versatile, like that's, it's a Celtics team. I mean, you have, when Nick's out there, you essentially have all wings. I know Nate wasn't spacing the floor, but, but he was a guy that could attack the rim from the outside. You know, they, they could move. Um, and now with Tyler, it's a little bit more like you kind of have three real forwards, whereas Nick was this kind of hybrid guard forward combo. Mm-hmm. Um do you can you do you think they can be effective on the court with Tyler Nate and Grant or do you see them kind of platooning that and swapping those guys in and out
2: Yeah it's um again I think we've talked earlier as well on how this coaching staff has it made with the roster they have but mm. there's a lot of tinkering that can be done um cuz mm-hmm. like you said there's a different lineup we have one guy we can plug in whatever we need we need a rebound we can plug in a different lineup. We need threes, plug in a new lineup. So I think it's going to be, yeah, these guys will be effective, I think, no matter what kind of offense we're running, just because, again, they're good system guys, and mm. they really do seem to buy into to the entire system um, that Moody's running. So, no, I do see them being successful no matter which option they go. If we need, mm. if we need to adjust mid-game and start knocking down threes, mm. I think we can compete. We need to do something else. I just think there's always an option for – whatever we're trying to tinker with in a game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I think, and, you know, I think the team feels comfortable with Tyler at the three and the four, which obviously indicates that he's, you know, they, they feel pretty good about his, his shooting progress from outside, especially, you know, off the catch. Um, last year, mm, more of Tyler's minutes were coming with Nick at the three grant, at the five Tyler at the four, but it wasn't by a significant margin. He actually did play, you know, a fairly decent amount. I want to say like uh, a, like two-thirds as much as he played with um, Grant and Nick. He played with Nate and Grant. So he has actually played in that kind of bigger lineup. Um, so they, they can certainly be effective in that. Um, I think the, the, the biggest thing in terms of the starters, what's going to happen with them, I think Gilly really needs to be non-conference Gilly from last year, more so now than ever. Because we saw – no one's going to argue. I'm not even going to get into – You know, we know he doesn't need to drop 30 and shoot 10 threes for him to help the team. We know what he does. But what I will say is last year, 36% from three on the whole, 30% from three in conference play for Gilly. Now, on the whole in the entire season, his offensive rating um, – let me pull it up. His offensive rating was first on the team, I believe, um, Gilly's was. He was, well, I think, 120. Yeah. Gilly was, yeah, first on the team. He had a 120 offensive rating on the season as a whole. Bring it down to conference play when he starts shooting 30% from three. And his offensive rating dips to six on the team. He dips to 109.7, um, trailing guys like Gustafson, uh, Nick And by the way, Nick Sherrod was leading the team with 120, which just goes to show again the impact that he and his three-point shooting had. So, so yes, Gilly was effective when he wasn't shooting threes. But his offensive rating took a significant hit when he wasn't shooting three. So we know it's something he needs to do, and now more than ever. So I think we need to see him step up a little bit more consistently as a scorer. You know, that's not the biggest concern. We know he's going to do things, but I do think that's one thing to monitor um, for sure.
2: Yeah, I so, agree. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. I'll you.
2: Um, I also feel like um, it was one of those things where Gilly knew he had shooters around him. Mm. So he didn't, we've talked about it again, how he, he just didn't feel the need to go out there and drop 30 but i agree mm-hmm. with everything you just said he needs to have that mentality this year um yeah go out there thinking all right i'm gonna drop 30 but if other guys are clicking all right i'm just yeah. i'm gonna play gilly basketball um mm-hmm. i'm gonna do what i do i'm gonna lead the nation in steals so again we he, he's got it i have all the confidence in the world in him leading this team um mm-hmm. but yeah i would like to see him a little bit more aggressive with the ball
1: um, so let's, in a second, let's hop over to the schedule, um, and, and COVID and, and, changing it up a little bit. And some of the games they've got short up, but just real quick, last point on Nick, how does this injury affect your expectations for this team, kind of their trajectory? And then also does this team take a hit in the polls? How does it affect, you know, the media's expectations for this
2: team? Um, yeah, it's really, it's actually kind of funny because when I first saw it, yeah, I was extremely upset by it but I didn't even think of how it would impact this team. And that's not a knock on Nick at all. Obviously he led the conference in three point shooting. It's more of a, this team is loaded. And if this team wants to make a run and they're willing to make a run, there's bumps along the path. It's, it was almost too good to be true to have our five starting seniors come back. And unfortunately that, that happened awfully quick this year, but um. It's, it's going to make a big impact, especially nationally, to the people that don't really watch Richmond play, but they have a vote in the top 25 just because, you know, they got a blue check mark on Twitter. But um, if you watch this basketball team and if you follow them last year, you'll see that this team is the next man up mentality. If somebody goes down, like when Francis went down, Goyard stepped up, knew what he had to do. This team just clicks on that, and they – they really, really rely on each other, and they should. They're deep, so no. Nationally, I do think it will take a hit on them in the polls, nice. but as a team, I feel like they're not going to miss a beat. And again, that's not a knock on Nick whatsoever. They're going to miss him tremendously. It's just this team is so deep. I think they're going to be perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. My my expectations, barring some, and I talked a little bit about it on Twitter and ran a poll, but you know, barring some kind of weird COVID outbreak where either it's just affecting the team or, you know, for somehow like Kentucky game gets canceled because of COVID. Something like really calamitous. You know, this team, the expectation and the bar of success should still be an at-large team. And I think coming short of that, I think, is underachieving. I think we're going to have to – I'm going to put that out there right now. I don't want to flip-flop it later in the year and be like, oh, things change. I'm going to put my name on that right now. Anything less than an at-large bid, I think – I, I'm not gonna say outright failure, but it's, they did not achieve what they should have achieved. They will have underachieved. And um, in terms of national polls, you know, like we said, you know, they're probably gonna take a hit. You know, Goodman said they'll probably fall out of his top 25. I think he already had them too high at 15. I think they should be high twenties. Um, But, but so, yeah, so that, that'll take a hit in the polls a little bit, but like we said, we're both on the same page there. Um, So, so looking at this schedule, man, I mean, you know, shit, when, when COVID hit, you know, at first, we're worried you're like, Oh, are they going to play Kentucky? Now they end up with West Virginia. So on the schedule, we've got West uh, West at West Virginia, Kentucky, MTE. So they got three games there. Um, they've got. It looks like Charleston and, and Vandy and U and I. Those games are all probably getting short up really soon. Um, I know they really want to get Cincinnati on the books there, but it sounds like sounds like there's probably two games left that are kind of we don't really know what they're gonna be. Um, I'd expect them to get a full nine game out of conference slate i don't you know we've seen some other teams not do a full slate um i think they're gonna try to shore up a nine game schedule um so so how do you how do you like this schedule how do you think it's shaping up um you know what are the we obviously know what the key games are but how did how do they have to do in this to to build that resume
2: um like we just talked about how they took a hit and they're gonna probably take a hit in the national polls um Mm -hmm. they've got to they've got to at least show up in these games can we mm-hmm. get mad at them if they go into Rupp Arena and lose we can be frustrated or we can be mad and think that oh man we lost to Kentucky no I don't think mm-hmm. anybody's ever said that um mm-hmm. they just need to just take care of business Do they this mm-hmm. team is capable of more than any Richmond team I've ever watched in my life I have no no doubts about that um mm-hmm. they just need to farewell do they need to Win games, obviously, that's the recipe to get into the tournament. Which you know we have no idea how that's going to work. This coming up March, but um, no, they they absolutely need to win. With the expectations mm. this team has, with the national respect they're getting, if they go in and lose all these all these games to tough mid major and high major opponents, that just kind of knocks them back down a peg. So, no, they definitely need to pull off another Wisconsin like win um, this coming up season, and I think they can do that starting off with Kentucky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, they, they, I, I think they can still get an at-large bid if they don't be, in fact, I'm pretty confident that they could. Um, I think if they lose at Kentucky and they lose at West Virginia and one of those games is a blowout loss, I don't know. I think it will be really tough. I think they still could do it. Um, I think there's just so many unknowns in terms of what the in-conference schedule is going to look like. Um, But, but yeah, this is a really strong schedule and even, you know, you know apocalypse happens and they only play seven games instead of nine i think they still already have some really strong games on there um so yeah this is going to be the best schedule they've had in a while and and it you know maybe it arguably worked out better for them um you know without covid but but i think they're well poised and it's interesting to know that they don't have a home game as of now on the non-conference schedule which uh thank you thank you coach mooney chris for that because i am not in richmond so it sounds like i won't be missing any home games i think i think Um, that's why he
2: they did it that way too
1: Oh, for I, I, the, what, what other explanation is there. Um, so, so there's that, um, you know. But, yeah, this, this team, this, they're, they're going to have a strong schedule, um, you know, out of conferences. It's going to be a really fun fun season, and I think they're well poised for that because we look at last year, and they had, this team had a lot of success on the road last year. They had, you know, I know it's a neutral site, but they had a neutral site win it, you know, against Wisconsin, obviously. Um, oh, you know, they beat be Rhode Island's on the road. You got Davidson, Duquesne. So they had some really tough road wins. So, so this team is well poised and, you know, we've talked about it earlier, but also just the fact that there's going to be probably no fans to limited fans in the building, you know, is only going to help them, um, um, in terms of that, um, we, we do have to talk a little bit of recruiting news, obviously, uh, some stuff has happened. They missed out on some guys like Ian Sheflin. Um, but they did fill mm-hmm. another spot in that 2021 class for next year. Uh, Marcus Randolph is going to be coming in. He joins Jason Nelson, um, and, and Malcolm Dredd. Um, how, how do you like that class? How do you look at that, um, coming into next season and, and what this team could look like next year?
2: Um, yeah, obviously, um, I'm fairly biased, you know, being a Richmond fan. Um, but I haven't had a single issue with any of the crew, the guys that, uh, Mooney and the guys have signed. I I
1: just like it on the record that I am a completely unabashed objective impartial journalist just you know for the record
2: i've never been biased let's <laughs> just put that out there okay that's good that's good to know um but no honestly i'm i'm content with every signing we've had because i'm looking at how this class shaped up and I, who are we to question mooney right now i mean mm-hmm. yeah you have the five mooney mafia i don't know if they've been very active lately but we look at this class right now the one graduating this year and look what he turned them into so for the rate obviously i don't know technically had not made a tournament 10 years. I know that's still weighing heavily, but this team was obviously poised last year to make a run, um, have a good shot at it, and the team this year. So I have no reason to question the recruiting that's going on. Um, Again, I see a lot of Tony Bennett and Chris Mooney with the recruiting with how he doesn't go after the five-star guys. He he goes after the guys that are going to fit his system. So that's why I'm really excited about who's coming in, and I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think and and it's been the theme of this recruiting class is the fit in the play style. And I think that's what we're seeing really consistently, you know, Malcolm Dredd was a guy I thought that was a really good signing for them that, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about it at the time, but that was a guy who was playing behind a couple, like three seniors last year, I believe in high, when he was a junior that were all going division one to, to some major schools Um, I I believe Michigan included in there. Um, So, so his scoring output, you know, that that's a guy that potentially could have picked up some bigger offers as a senior potentially, you know, we can't bank on that, but either way, even despite that, the upside, all these guys, even Jason Nelson, the point guard can all play off ball. They can all handle the ball if they need to, but their IQ is really good. They all actually really like the man to man. So that was a good switch for them. In the, the fit, you know, it's like, like a guy like Jamon Bailey, another like versatile, they keep bringing in these guys that are versatile wings. They can ball handle. Um, so, so the fit I think is really good. And the same goes for, for Marcus Randolph, you know, he's a really crafty lefty. He can get to the bucket. He can handle the ball. Um, you know, he's probably a shooting combo guard. I bet mean, he's not going to be the primary ball handler, um, you know, good defensive uh, IQ and versatility. So when these guys come in, it's going to be really similar to what you see now a team that can switch a ton, a team that's really versatile um, and and a group of guys that can, that can figure it out between the ears and, you know, the nonverbal communication. So I think that's where it's going to be really big for them. Um, Obviously 2022, um, you know, a lot of ambiguity there. We don't really know. Um, You know, they've got offers out to guys like, you know, Rodney Rice, I'd be pretty shocked if he committed to Richmond with some of the offers he's getting. Um, Rowan Brumbaugh is a guy that they're in a mix for um, really good recruit right now has had some offers from, I believe he's been offered by Georgetown. I'm pretty sure a couple other major schools. Um, so that's a guy to keep an eye on, you know, uh, Tyler Nichols, some other guys. So I, I think you're going to see some, some recruiting action probably over the next month. Um, I don't think I would not expect to see any grad transfers or any recruits because Nick's hurt. I think this roster is pretty much shored up. Um, so, so I wouldn't really, uh, think about that. Um, looking at you know let's make it quick we have to talk about it we don't talk about it every time real quick COVID effects Chris Mooney said expect postponements and delays are going to happen um what is your expectation in terms of COVID altering the season are you worried any games are going to get canceled are you confident this full schedule is going to get played and I'm putting a timer on for three minutes because I feel like I always spend way too much time on COVID so
2: bam um yeah, there's obviously reason for worry. Um, I mean, we've seen, we've seen seasons played in a bubble. We've seen them not play in the bubble. And I'm gonna use the MLB for example. Um, it's been very similar to the MLB. There's no bubble in the regular season. They're just kind of traveling around. So is it is somebody bound to contract COVID along the way? It it chances are high. Um, so yeah, we the key is just to not get frustrated. Not only as fans, but I mean the players. It's it's frustrating. Um, look at college football, for example. There's there are games that get postponed, canceled left and right. It's frustrating. You you want to play. Um, you just have to go in with that mindset that all right, we got to be flexible. This could very easily we could be ready to play, and then oh, somebody on the coaching staff for another team we're playing in a week tested positive. We got to push it back. So yeah. I do think the season can be played. We've seen that we. You, you said this earlier how things can work we can make things work it's just a matter matter of how people do what they're supposed to do um mm. but no i do think the season can happen in full
1: yeah i, I agree i think you know what like we like you said and like chris said um it, something's gonna happen there's gonna be something's weird a game's probably gonna get postponed you know probably someone on another team's gonna get covid maybe someone on this team could get covid um you know, the, I've been monitoring the the UR dashboard because I'm obviously, you know, I'm thinking about whether I'm coming back to campus um, this spring and they've done phenomenal. I think they're at like a 1.1% positivity rate as a campus. So I, I think it's really going to be more about the, the teams they're playing, especially when you look at, you know, places like Kentucky and West Virginia that maybe haven't, you know, shout, shout out my, my guy, Mitch McConnell, maybe not handling coronavirus too well. Um, not Not to get political on here, but so, so I think it's going to be more about that. I know they've been really, really good with the contact tracing, um, you know, just talking to friends on campus. i like, I don't even know of anyone that was in contact with anyone. So, so they've been good on it. So expect changes, expect hiccups, but I'm, I, I'm really not freaking out about losing games off the season. Um, and I, and I really like a lot of the ideas being thrown around for conference play in terms of, you know, doing some of these kind of like back to backs, you know, playing in the same city for a weekend um you know maybe like team comes to richmond maybe they play richmond and vcu together um so so i think you're gonna see a lot of stuff like that you know the mountain west challenge gets canceled limiting um travel a little bit so i think they're doing all the right things it's really just on each team to do it but they'll figure it out and 23 seconds to spare that was that's probably a new record on the lack of that was good that was solid props to us um so we've got that should we should we bring them in do you think it's time it's time it's time okay so, so for the, for the listeners, we're, we're testing out a new segment today. So some of you may not know, I'm living with my buddy um, up here in Boston, in an apartment, my buddy Matt, who was a senior when I was a, fr- I was a freshman. Yes, when I was a freshman out at Richmond, we played rugby together. Uh, he was a senior um, from the North Shore. So he went to Richmond. Was a Richmond. He's a big sports fan, huge Boston sports fan. We're going to test his Richmond basketball knowledge. So he think he's been off the hook because he graduated he moved in with a, a journal a sports journalist. So he's about to get the, we get the test. All right. So for the listeners, so we're waiting for Matt to come in. What we're going to do is I think Austin and I are each going to ask him two trivia questions. Pretty much is what we're going to do. We're going to see, going to test his knowledge a little bit. All right. So we've got my roommate, Matt, Matt, introduce yourself. When did you graduate? Did you go to Richmond? Are you a basketball fan? Do you have brain cells? For the heck are you?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'm Matt Menzi. I graduated last year. Um, like basketball, but really didn't follow the, the spiders at all like when i was there like they weren't very good really didn't go to any games or anything like that so i'm not sure
1: how good i'm gonna do on this all right austin you want to start off
2: all right man we're gonna start this off real easy we're gonna see um you know basic really really basic who is the head coach of the richmond spiders oh it's mooney right (laughs) Do we know a first name no okay (laughs) okay is it Mooney, Mooney is, it is a coach. Kevin? No. Mm, same
1: consonant at the beginning.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, same snap.
1: Chris. The- Chris, all right. Yeah. All right, so Chris you got you get, you get half credit there. Half? All right, I'll okay. take it. That's probably the only point. Can you name the starting lineup from any of the four years that you were at Richmond?
2: No, I don't think I can.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, probably like the years I was there, I could,
1: but now, now no, all, I forgot them all. Can you name the current star, or how many players on the team right now? None. <laughs> Still none. Yeah. No. Pausing you out, anything you
2: think? That kind of took away my last question. Um, <laughs> let's see here. <laughs>
1: This is phenomenal radio right Yeah, I know.
2: This, this is good. Um, Our hidden I was actually going to ask who number zero was, but since we don't know the players, it's to probably a little difficult. Okay. Yeah, no. No way. No. <laughs> all right, here, here's... Jason Tatum. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> that's, see, that's a good answer. That's why we have water. All right, here's here's something that I would expect you to know. Which of the two athletic stadium slash arenas at Richmond sells beer? Robins Field or Robins Stadium?
0: Uh,
1: I feel like Robin Stadium does. Eh. No?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, shit. Matt, wow. you scored half a point out of four. This was despicable. You're gonna have to go do your homework. Yeah, no, I'm gonna
2: All have right. to hit Wikipedia, do my research, I'll be back. though yeah, go for like at least one digit. That's, that's, the, yeah, that's the goal. All right, get him off the pro. <laughs> yeah. get out of here. I'm getting out of here. Oh, poor performance. <laughs> Set the bar well,
1: though. All right, so we'll call that segment fucking with Matt. Um, I think that was a success. <laughs> I don't know what you think. That was pretty good. All right, um, so we hit recruiting. We hit some schedule. We hit Nick. Anything else you want to talk about?
2: Nah, I just need college basketball. I need it. Mm-hmm. Give it to us.
1: All right, that's it. Episode 18, book it. So I think, uh, what does this, probably drop this this weekend. So we're back now. We're going to try to go every other week uh, for you guys. Probably going to be like weekend drops Sundays, Saturdays through Mondays are probably when we're going to be dropping. Um, so keep an eye out. I think the next couple episodes we should have some guests, um, some interesting guys you haven't heard from before. So keep an eye out for that. As always, make sure to follow me and Austin on, on social media, uh, Austin at AustinDaisy11 on Twitter. And you can follow me, at Noah Goldberg 10 on Twitter, also um, on Instagram. Check us out on YouTube, um, ESPNRichmond.com, to get this pod. You're listening to it. You know how to find it. So we'll talk to you guys later and tune in.
0: Mr. Reynolds, unfortunately, you're in the lead, so we'll start with you. Yeah, I'll take the uh, condom thing for uh, $8,000. That's condiments. <laughs> for 400 This condiment is made from mustard seeds? French Stewart. The answer, of course, is onions. I'll take condiments for 800, thank you. That's not the right answer. Burt Reynolds. That's not my name. Okay. Turd Ferguson. (laughs) Yeah, what do you want? You buzzed in. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yeah, well, that's your opinion. I hate my job. The answer was mustard. Mustard is made from mustard seeds. Mr. Reynolds, it's still your board. Yeah, well, uh, why don't you give me uh, why don't you give me eight tit for two hundred? It's not eight tit. <laughs> It's a petite, never mind. Let's just go to Animal Sounds for 600. This is the sound a doggy makes. Mr. Connery. Moo. No. Well, that's the sound your mother made last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not necessary. Ah. Bert Reynolds. Who is uh, Scooby Doo? No. that was a funny dog, Scooby-Doo. He drove around a van and uh, solved mysteries. That is incorrect. No, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, he had a pal, Scrappy-Doo. No. French Stewart, the sound a dog makes. Um, who is John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band? Thank you very much. I'll take Animal Sounds for 800. No. Good Lord. We would have accepted bow wow or rough. Oh, uh, rough. Just the way your mother likes it, <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> Come on, that is way out of line. M- Mr. Reynolds, uh, uh, what uh, are uh, you doing? <laughs> <laughs>